are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. My wife Annette and I were stopping at a drugstore the other day, and I said, I'll just run in and get it real quick. And so went in, and then when I came out, Annette was watching me come back to the car, and when I opened the car door and I got in, she says, oh my goodness, Rick. And I said, what? And she said, I wish you could see yourself walk. She said, you walk just like your dad. My, my dad passed away five years ago. He was 82 when he passed away. He had suffered for several years from dementia. But I, I get it. I, I sometimes find myself looking in a mirror and I think, oh my goodness, I look like my dad, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll see myself in a picture and the way that I stand, it's just like my dad would have stood. And, and not only do I look like him, but I have some of his mannerisms, you know. And so I was in Kentucky not long ago at my mom's house and my brother was there and my sisters were there and our nieces and nephews were there and we were eating a meal together. And, and I was standing across the kitchen from my niece, Kristen, and Kristen looks at me and just says, Ricky, this is so weird. Every time I look at you, I feel like I'm looking right at Poppy. And so Poppy was the name that my, our grandkids all named, you know, my dad. And she said, when I look at him, I feel, look at you, I feel like I look at him. What, what, what do you think um, the things that we as believers do that, that causes others to look at us and say, when you do that, you remind me of the Father. When you, when you live like that, you know who it reminds me of? Our Father. When, when you live that way, you reflect God. And so what are those characteristics? And Jesus this morning weighs into the conversation and he says, let me talk to you about one of those characteristics, okay? Um, it's when you are a peacemaker. In fact, he says it this way, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. When people see you living that way, they look at you and say, you're just like your father. You're just reflecting him in this moment. So you want to talk about peace? We'll start there, okay? Uh, you know I love definitions. Um, I only give you two or three every Sunday, it seems like, but here's a good definition. Um, freedom from disturbance or tranquility, which simply means calm. I love the word tranquility. Um, when I read the definition, an image comes to my mind and it's me by a lake and there is no wind and that happens at least one day a year in Oklahoma. And the water is not disturbed, it is tranquil, it is peaceful, everything is calm. I, I think that's a great image of peace. And I love the word tranquility. I also relate it for some reason to this and it's me at night with maybe a book in my hand and I'm kind of you know all propped up and my eyes start to get heavy you know and you and you don't want to fight it though you know what I'm saying just lean in it's a great feeling as you're just kind of slipping off isn't it it just just all at peace just tranquil I love this idea of peace 
And so, I mean, we're all for it. We, we, we all desire it in our lives. Um, give me a little peace of mind, you know? If I could just have a peace of mind, wouldn't that be great? Um, you may say peace that you're describing is not what my life looks like. My life doesn't look calm or tranquil, you know? Or when I have peace with God, when I can say to you that, that God and me, we, we are at peace. I lay my head on my pillow at night just saying, I'm at peace with God. Or when Annette and I are at peace, which is about 100% of the time, you know, just, it's great, isn't it, baby, when we're just at peace with each other, yeah. Or when I'm at peace with my kids or my coworkers, we're, we're all fans, right? And Jesus was all about peace. Didn't he come? When the prophets said he was coming, do you know what they called him? He will be called what? The Prince of Peace. And when he finally shows up on that Christmas, the angels declared, peace on earth. Yeah. And so you shouldn't be surprised that Jesus would say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. I think when we find ourselves living into that life of being a peacemaker, we are becoming more and more like Jesus because he was all about establishing peace, reconciling people to God, reconciling people to one another, bringing peace to the world. So you may say, uh, what, what do you think Jesus meant when he says the word peacemakers? What do you think he means by peacemakers? And so what I'm going to do is uh, take a stab at it. I'm okay if you consider it a working definition, and um, we can kind of think through it as we move through the sermon this morning. But, but I think this may get close, okay? A peacemaker would be possibly, in, in my mind, and again, this is, this is me thinking, um, one who helps others experience peace with God and experience peace with one another. And, and that would include me as being one of the others, right? You, you would have peace in your relationship with me. So I, I think this is a pretty good stab at it. So a peacemaker would be one who helps others experience peace with God and peace with one another. Great place to stop, right? And make it personal. So does this describe you and me? Would you say, Rick, you know what? I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of me. I feel like my life is about helping others experience peace with God. I'm all about helping people know that Jesus has come and he can help them come into a right relationship with God. That's, that's my message. That's what my life is about. Went to a funeral yesterday for Lester Spring. He lacked a month being 100 years old. His family said over and over again, he was all about helping people come to know Jesus. But not only that, helping people find peace with one another, helping two parties reconcile. That's kind of who I am. I'm, always, I'm trying to find the middle ground with folks. That would describe me. Is that, is that your life? Is that my life? I think it's great to, to make it personal. So we've, we've been in this series called World Upside Down, where, where Jesus you know, says all these things that just seem upside down. The first will be last. The greatest is the servant, you know. 
And, and he gets into these beatitudes, which seem a little upside down. And, and throughout the series, I've got to level with you that I've been on a journey of trying to understand better why Jesus felt it so important to give us the list and make these promises. I might be getting closer. I don't know. But maybe the message he's trying to communicate to all of his followers is simply this, that as you see God work in your life, and as you become more poor in spirit, and you realize how much you desperately need God, and as you become more meek, and as you begin to lean into being a peacemaker, while the world doesn't hold those up as great traits, I think Jesus is saying to us, lean into those. When that happens, you're in a good place. God is doing good work in you. You are living the blessed life. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not the way it's always been, and it's not the way it is everywhere, but in the kingdom of God, the peacemaker is blessed. So let me, let me take you back to Matthew 5, okay? Here we go. Matthew 5, beginning with verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. So you still got that picture in your mind that I showed you a couple of weeks ago overlooking the Sea of Galilee? Jesus teaching his disciples. Jesus is seated. They're standing. The Beatitudes, or the blessings, he said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who realize they need God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, who are truly sorry for their sins, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who desire to live a God-controlled life. I don't have to be in control, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who believe they cannot exist without righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, those who are quick to forgive and who show compassion to others, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, those who have an undivided heart of loyalty for God, for they will see God. And today, blessed are the peacemakers, those who long to help others experience peace with God and with one another, for they will be called children of God. And then next week, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's dive into God's word this morning. Did you, do you realize that, that it was six months ago, six, seriously, six months, February the 24th, six months ago, that Russia invaded Ukraine. It's been six months. I, I remember in those first few days leaning into media outlets. And, and I still remember images that I saw of buildings that had been bombed, people that were maimed. Um, I, I remember one night Annette and I watching... Um, a new special about the many refugees leaving Ukraine, women and children primarily, men staying back to fight. 
I remember looking at numbers of death tolls as they were counted. Um, just the atrocity of war. I, I remember trying to imagine what, what it would be like if that was my city. If Oklahoma City was in shambles. Is, is what I'm describing to you, is that the opposite of peace? Is war the opposite of peace? So if peace is freedom from disturbance and tranquility, calm, then is the opposite of peace disturbance, war, strife, discord, tension, division? You can make your own list of antonyms. And although here it's a promise that Jesus gives us, the peacemakers are blessed. They'll be called the children of God. People will look at them and say, you remind me of your father. But throughout the scripture, we are called to be peacemakers. And I'll point some of those verses out as we move through the sermon in a minute. And so why does God in his word call us to be peacemakers? And I, and I think the answer is, is pretty clear that in our fallen nature, we are prone to discord and strife and war and division. In other words, we're called to selfishness, prone rather to selfishness, which, which is the very essence of sin, which, which causes discord and strife and war and, and division. Three years ago, when, when Annette and I got to travel over to Israel, we, uh, we learned immediately that the, the greeting, when you, when you saw somebody walking, and we did a lot of walking, uh, as you would pass someone, the greeting was not, how you doing? You know, and it was not, hello, or hey, you know, it was uh, shalom. And, and so you picked up on it immediately, and everybody that you passed said shalom, and you would say shalom. And, and then when you told someone goodbye, you used the same, the same word, shalom. It's the Hebrew word for peace, and so you would, you know, shalom, and then when you would leave someone, shalom. You did that every, every day except one day, and on Friday at sundown till Saturday at sundown, you did not say shalom, you said Shabbat shalom, so peaceful Sabbath, in other words. Every other day it was shalom. So, so the, the word shalom means um, it, it indicates completeness or wholeness in every area of your life. It's, it's more than just peace. It's, it is peace, but it's, it's, uh, it's deeper than just, you know, peace to you. It's, it's that your life would be full, that your life would be complete, that your life would be whole, that every area of your life, it even means security and prosperity and all of those things. It's, it's, it's a wish of blessing for you. So the opposite of wholeness would be what? Brokenness. 
So I, I don't want you to have any brokenness in your life. Anybody today would say, well, well Rick, I'm, I'm broken today. Then shalom. I wish you peace. I wish that brokenness in your life could be healed. And so, you know, while the Old Testament was written in Hebrew primarily, primarily the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. And the word that we have for peace in ancient Greek, uh, I gave you the pronunciation, it's pronounced irene, or rather irene, and, and it's almost identical to shalom. We can talk about it for a minute. If you're, if you're thinking about um, irene from a nationalistic you know, perspective, it would be like uh, no war happening at that time. You, you're at peace as a nation. Or if you think about Irene, you know, between individuals, it would be, you know, the absence of strife or division in a relationship. Or it's prosperity for one's life or it's security in one's life. If you're thinking about it kind of from this Christian perspective, uh, it would be this assurance of salvation. I'm at, I'm at peace with God, you know. But, but here Jesus doesn't simply say peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. And it's the only time it appears in the New Testament, and it's in the plural. So blessed are all of those who are working to make peace. So I thought maybe I would get with you for a minute here. If you look on the left side of the continuum, it says make peace. On the other side, it says disturb peace. You ever been accused of disturbing the peace? So let's just start in life and say, in your home, and you had to make an X somewhere on the line, in your home, would you be more way over here of a peacemaker or someone who disturbs the peace more? Now, I'm not asking you to put an X for your spouse. Somebody says too late. Or someone else who lives in your home. But, but in your workplace, how, how would you be viewed? A, a peacemaker or one who kind of stirs things up? What about in your extended family? Somebody saying, please don't do that. But, but in your extended family, where, where would you see yourself? What about on your sports team or worse? What about your kid's sports team? What about in your friends group? I'm just trying to somehow make it personal for me and I hope it becomes personal for you. Here, here's a good one. What about in your church? I mean, wouldn't you think if we're gonna live it out anywhere, this is where we should be living this out, right? You remember the joke about the guy who survived somehow on an island for several years alone, a deserted island, and, and, and they go back with him, psychologists do years later, to try to understand how in the world a human being could have survived. Do you remember this story? And, and he's explaining to them his life on the island alone, and they said, we've well, got little buildings everywhere. Yeah, well, this is my house. This is where I live. And they said, okay. Well, what's this building? He said, well, that's where I went to work. And they said, okay, well, what, this building over, he said, that's where I went to church. They said, well, what's the building that looks kind of like it over here? He said, that's where I used to go to church. 
pretty bad when you change churches and you're the only one at the church. Might be a clue as to what the problem is at the church. We laugh about it because we, we understand the whole changing of churches. And sometimes it's not just because there's better music at the other church. Sometimes it's because relationships have gotten messy. And even in church, somebody is further over toward disturbing the peace than making the peace. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I was born in 1961. In 1961, there was a, a symbol that was very common in my life. It was this symbol. I saw it everywhere. People drew it on their jeans, on their notebooks at school. It was very common. If, if you didn't have this symbol and it was just you, you made this symbol with your hand. It was a hand gesture that you could make to just a, it was kind of like a greeting sometimes, you know? I can remember driving away from my friends with my arm out the window, you know, peace out, man, I'm out, you know. And there was the peace movement. It was really kind of an anti-Vietnam War movement. People like John Lennon was singing, just give peace a chance. It was fueled by a major rock festival called Woodstock. I don't know if you remember what Woodstock's bill was, but it was this, three days of peace and music. We know that Woodstock was a lot more than three days of peace and music. And for maybe a lot being wrong in that era in the U.S., there was definitely a desire for things to settle down. Things were out of control. And so I thought I'd bring you one picture that would look familiar, but this is, this is really what I think of when I think of Woodstock. People saying, could we have peace in the world? I don't know it was the best vehicle to get us there, but I understand the sentiment. Notice Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who are in favor of peace, or blessed are those who love peace, or blessed are those who are somewhat peaceful. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, which tells me that peacemaking is not about, is about rather doing something, and it's not about doing nothing. So, so it's this idea that, that not only do I, I love peace and I'm in favor of peace, but, but I'm going to actually be aggressive and do something. It, it's, 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 not, it's not doing nothing, it's doing something. It's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive to make peace. And so I'm going to pull up a chair because I want to talk to you a minute just from my heart. I've been having meetings three mornings a week before I have any other meetings with a group of people from my staff. And here's what we're asking ourselves. How in the world can we as a church 
this great church, Bethany First Church. And I just got to tell you, I love you. And I got to tell you that I just came in the room this morning, so grateful to be here. And, and, and I feel like when I preach, I feel like I'm preaching to a group of people who are saying, come on, we want to be better. We want God to do his work in our hearts. We, I mean, that's what I sense. When I have conversations with you, you're sharing books with me, you're sharing things that you've read, you're saying to me, let's keep moving forward in this direction. And, and I begin to ask some of these people myself, how can we better lead as pastors to help us be more committed to sharing our faith with others? How can I help you and how can I help me better share Jesus with people? I mean, if we're going to be peacemakers, there's no better way than to introduce people to Jesus, right? Help people come to peace with God, which that relationship helps people come to peace with one another. It creates peace in the world, right? So how in the world can we be better at this? How can we be more intentional about living with our arms open saying, I've got room and space for you in my life. Invite people to faith conversations. Invite people to my church, which is the center of my life, my worship of God. So, so how can we be peacemakers? And how can I live at peace with others? Quick to forgive. Quick to say I'm sorry also when I mess up. And how can I promote peace in my society? How can I help this party and this party kind of come together? And Lord, help us, don't get me started on social media. Am I a peacemaker on social media? So I'll wrap up with this. You, you might remember me telling a story about Annette and I one morning. We were getting up. This was years ago. Our girls, we had little girls in those days. And, uh, and we had started talking and, you know, how mornings go. And somehow we, we got into a disagreement over something. And it got worse. And it finally, you know, we were sideways with each other. I mean, it just wasn't good, you know. And I, and I taught a membership class the other night, and I told the story, which is what made me think of it this week. And so, you know, finally, I just don't see this getting better. I see this getting harder, you know. And so I just, I just thought, I want out of this house. You know, there is a, somebody has a bad attitude. <laughs> and um, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I haven't had my devotions, but you know what I'm doing? I'm going to go over to the office and just have me some Jesus time. Because there's a bad spirit in this place, you know. And so I did. I did. I got, I got myself together and I got over to my office. And uh, I was using a little devotional guide at the time. And, uh, you know, just going to get out of that negativity at the house. And, um, and just get with the Lord for a few minutes. And as sure as I'm standing here, Romans 12, 18 was the verse for the day. You know what Romans 12, 18 is? If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I said, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's the verse. And so, you know, well, I'll just tell you about Annette. She's not impossible, you know. And the Lord was saying, Rick, is there something you could do? Oh, 
You know how hard it is to pick up that phone? She says, hello. I said, Annette. She said, what? I said, I forgive you, baby. <laughs> no, that would, have, that would have started a war. Yeah. I'm sorry, Annette. Me too. We've done that a bunch over the years, haven't we, unfortunately, you know? A bunch. Keep saying it, won't we? Every time we need to. I was telling Annette about the sermon, and she said, oh, let, let me give you something. She said, I read it this week. Mother Teresa said, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. If we can do it at home, I think we can do it almost anywhere. Do you believe that? Kind of moves it from being theoretical to everyday life, doesn't it? This is how it applies to me. I found another quote that I love a lot. Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. God made us all. And he put us all here together. You should take a picture of that. I wondered if maybe just for a few seconds here we could bow our heads and close our eyes and just say, um, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Somebody may be thinking, no, it's Lord, what else do you want to say to me? Because he's been speaking to me, Pastor Rick, this morning. Is there a relationship, Father, that... Uh, There's something I could do to bring peace. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.